0: It's time to renew your mind, yeah, it's time. It's hard to focus on what lies in front of you if you're always looking behind. Do you want truth? Maybe clarity. The Raw Talent Podcast is out here changing lives. The day I went from dark to light, it is the same day I came to life. And you can too. Welcome to the Raw Talent Podcast. And here's your host, Dave Talent. Welcome back. It is time to get real raw again as we seek together all things true, all things clear, and all things in freedom. Today we're going to get real raw as we discuss, again, continue our discussion in our Relationship 20, our location and relationships. And we're going to dive into the conversation of telling the truth. And really ultimately understanding that little lies cause big leaks. In any relationship, in every area of our lives, little lies cause big leaks. Now, I've gone through considerable amount of coaching. And if I had to sum up some of the coaching I went through, and I only had like two words or three words to sum it up, these would be some of the statements I would use, the frame of mind that my coaches have, have blessed me with. All right. And it seems very simple, but it's changed the trajectory of my life by operating in this frame. And the very first one came out was stop lying. That's it. Stop lying. In every area of your life, in everything you do, stop lying. Or, the opposite side of that equation, tell the truth. In everything you do, tell the truth. I could end the podcast right here, and we could be done. I'm going to dive a little bit more into it, but of course, hey, stop lying and tell the truth. In everything. The final thing would be, and this is kind of a tool or a tactic also that comes along, is do the work do the work. You know, I'll talk more about it a little bit later, but ultimately the work is doing the inquiry into our thoughts. Again, one of my mentors, he's blessed my life, changed it, my life, was a, a coach named Gary J. White. He's also had, he's impacted multiple other coaches who have impacted my life as well. And I'm paraphrasing this, but at one point he said, hey, the problem with most of us is that we think all of our thoughts are true. We think what we think and say are all true." So there is a place to to do inquiry into our thoughts and into our actions to seek the truth. And then, again, stop lying, tell the truth, do the work. All those statements, they seem simple. All those frames of mind seem simple. They're not necessarily easy to do these things, but they are necessary. They're not always easy, but they're, they're necessary. And they're necessary if we want to achieve success or whatever we desire in every area of our lives. Stopping the lying, telling the truth, and doing the work is necessary if we want to achieve anything we want in every area of our lives, to include our finances, our relationships, our environment, our our work environment, our home environment, our spirituality, and our health. We got to have these frames of mind to do so. And these frames of mind, they seem simple stop lying, tell the truth, do the work. They have changed the trajectory of my life in every area of my life. And again, I could go into detail here. I could be here for hours just describing all the blessings that have come into my life by simply telling the truth, by simply understanding that I stop lying. Now, stop lying involves all lies the big lies and the small lies. Lies of commission were actually telling a lie, and the lies of omission were. We know the truth. We're just not really expressing the truth or we're hiding the truth. We don't really say anything. And it's kind of a lie of omission. But before we dive into this concept of telling the truth or the concept of stop lying, let's consider the truth of God's word about lying before we dive into it all. So in Exodus 23, 1 to 3, it comes right out and says, Do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give a testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd, and do not show favoritism to a poor person, poor person in a lawsuit. Exodus 20 digs into it in the Ten Commandments, right? I kind of, in a previous podcast, I said, hey, are these the Ten Suggestions, or are they actually Ten Commandments that we, we should abide by, right? In Exodus 20, 16, it says, hey, you shall not, Give false testimony against your neighbor. In my job, uh, in law enforcement, whenever we hear the word shall, it's a will. You will. You will not give false testimony. Or in other words, if it said you shall speak the truth, it's you will speak the truth, right? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. These are other versions. I like this version here. You shall not testify falsely, that is lie, withhold, or manipulate the truth against your neighbor, any person. Now, I always like to switch the negative to the positive. You could read this another way, which is you shall give truthful testimony. You will speak the truth for your neighbor. You You will bear true witness for your neighbor. You shall testify truthfully in a trustworthy manner, you shall testify truthfully. That is, you will speak the truth for your neighbor. Now, I, I, again, I realize some of this actually points to testimony, for example, courtroom testimony, or lawsuits, or the concepts of justice. But I also think it points to the golden rule as well. But let's just talk about the golden rule. We we know, we know that God says in Galatians 6, 7, and 9, he says, God cannot be mocked. God cannot be deceived. We reap what we sow. If we sow lies, we're going to reap lies. If we sow false witness, we're going to bear that. We're going to bear the consequences of those lies. But more importantly, if people sow lies, and from my training, knowledge, and experience, what I have seen is that lies hurt real victims. There are real victims out there in the world and lies hurt real victims. When people go into a courtroom and testify falsely or they lie in a courtroom and they get away with it, they hurt real victims. I think you can look at all these. There's a lot of examples right now. I don't have time to dig into it today, but I think you can go, you know, when somebody comes out 30 years later claiming abuse, 30 years later against a person going through a political process or a confirmation process, right? And now all of a sudden, these women are coming out of the woodwork saying that they were abused 30 years ago. It's suspect. I'm sorry. It's suspect. It is suspect. It makes us think, hmm, something's not right here. This appears to be politically motivated. And I've always learned, hey, if it, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. And we can see plenty of examples out there where, man, this looks and appears to be politically motivated. And the witnesses are operatives and they are paid and they look like they are lying. Their details are sketchy. They can't remember all things. They don't recall. There's a lot of details that are missing in something that should be very traumatic. So lies hurt real victims. False claims hurt real victims. We get this all the time, right? We see false claims of racism or sexism or whatever topic we want to talk about harm the real victims. False claims harm the real victims of racism and sexism. So there's real victims out there, but there's so many false claims that they dilute, muddy the water. They dilute the water. I guess one of my first moments of confusion and a little bit of awareness at the same time when I started my job in law enforcement as a police officer, is is that victims lie. You know, and your witnesses lie. When you first kind of start the job, you kind of think, hey, it's, it's, it's," you know, being naive, you think that it's only the so-called criminals or the suspects who lie, right? You think uh, it's criminals and suspects who lie. And then reality strikes hard, and we inevitably learn that victims and witnesses lie as well. So I think that's kind of why, in God's Word, In the truth, they said, hey, you know, don't bear false witness. So there it is in God's truth, aligning with telling the truth. See, I'm absolutely an advocate for criminal justice reform. And the starting point of any reform is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I'm absolutely an advocate for reforming the justice system or any system, anybody's lives. But it all starts with the truth the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. I mean, it's why we have a standard in this society of reasonable doubt. If there's reasonable doubt, the person must go free. There's a presumption of innocence. There's a presumption of innocence in this. It's supposed to be in our due process. It's supposed to be. Unfortunately, now we have this presumption of guilt. Somebody can make a claim, Somebody can spread it out on the internet, and people have this presumption of guilt. They've lo- we've lost our way when it comes to the truth. We've lost our way when it comes to our founding principles. The truth should be the standard. The presumption of innocence should be the standard. And it is the obligation of other people to have a preponderance of evidence, evidence that shows beyond a reasonable doubt that this actually happened. And if there's reasonable doubt, then that presumption of innocence stands but we've twisted the whole society and we've twisted with lies and lies have harmed real victims. Lies have harmed the whole process. See, I believe this concept of stop lying and telling the truth and doing the work. I I, I think it applies to every area of our lives externally and internally. Like I just kind of described some of the external things that are coming at us. We are bombarded with lies every single day. I mean, we went through three years of something, this pestilence, and now they're trying to tell us another one's coming, this pestilence X is coming. But they don't realize that, hey, we have learned that they lied to us. Now, we can debate this all day long. We can have a three, four- or five-hour debate on this thing. But the bottom line is there's evidence now that they were lying to us. Big lies, small lies, it doesn't matter. So the question I have for us when we see the external lies that come at us, the question I have for everybody is how many lies— in a relationship do you withstand or, or do you deal with or accept before you realize the relationship's kind of ending it's no longer a good relationship i mean is it how many small lies how many big lies uh, how many times do you have to be lied to before you realize you know what this is not working out so you know this is the concept that we have to understand in terms of every part of our life the external part of our life so in other words i'm not listening to the media, I'm not listening to their narrative because I know it's based a good portion of it's based in lies. So just something to think about, you know, th- the external and the internal kind of go together as well. So in part one of this conversation, we're going to dive into kind of the exter- external or the normal understanding of lying, right? And then part two of this discussion in the following podcast, we're going to dive into the internal lies kind of the, li- the the lies that we tell ourselves, the stories that we tell ourselves. But the bottom line in this conversation is that lies cause leaks. And little lies can cause big leaks. And I believe that big lies wreck lives. They wreck the system, they wreck lives, they wreck things. So let's start with the small lies that we may engage with on a daily basis. So consider if somebody asks us, how are you? Right? How are you? It's a very simple question. But this is a moment of truth right? This is a a decisive moment. This, This moment could change the course of your life. You don't know it at the time, but somebody comes along and says, how are you? And in response, normally, I would imagine that most of us would say, hey, I'm good. I'm fine. Even when that's not the case, even when we're not good, even when we're not fine. Now, this seems kind of harsh, but that's a lie, right? If I'm not good, if I'm not in a good way, if I'm not fine, and I tell somebody that I'm good or fine, then in essence, I just lied. I mean, that's a lie, albeit it's a little lie, it's a small lie, but in the end, it's a lie. And that lie in that moment, what it does, again, is it causes leaks. It prevents connection. That little lie prevents connection. It prevents the possibility of someone being able to hold space for you and to care for you and nurture you. Or at least it, 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 it prevents this ability for them just to be still with you. It prevents their ability to be still with you, to sit in the mud with you, and listen as you unpack your burden and vent. So as I learned this, like again stop lying. As I learned this, I said, you know what? I'm going to go through life and I'm going to tell the truth. And it hasn't been easy. It's been a process. I haven't always done this. I'm not, I'm not telling you this is perfect. But I started telling the truth. If somebody asked me how I was doing and I'm not good, I tell them I'm not good. Or I have no problem telling my coworkers or peers or friends that, hey, you know what? Today, I'm not good. For a variety of reasons, I'm not good. I'm not going to be 100%. And when I started doing that, like, I'm not good today, well, let me back up. I realized that it's okay not to be okay. I've heard that through coaching as well and mentoring and some counseling. I've heard that it's okay not to be okay, especially in the mental health arena, uh, especially if you're dealing with Uh, PTSD or things like that, it's okay not to be okay. When I started telling people the truth, whether I'm good and it's actually the truth, or I'm not good, uh, what it opened up was conversation. And then I had conversations with people I never thought I would have, very promising, blessed conversations, great. Some conversations led me to a book. Some conversations led me to some coaching. Some conversations led me to other results, but these com- or friendship or connection, these conversations ultimately led to connection. So being able to tell somebody the truth in something as simple as how are you and you tell them the truth can change the trajectory of your life. You have no idea how many blessings are out there by when, when you just start telling the truth. Here's one. Here's a small lie. This is a small one. If we've ever said don't tell your mom or don't tell your dad and then fill in the blank, Because we know mom or dad are going to get mad. Or you say, don't tell somebody or don't tell so-and-so. That's, in essence, a lie. Maybe even a lie of omission. But even worse, like, even worse, we are teaching our children to lie, especially to our loved ones. Now, here, let me back off this a little bit for a second. There is absolutely a time for confidentiality and holding what someone tells you close to your heart, especially what someone tells you in confidence. I'm not talking about those moments where somebody's coming to you in confidence because they're unburdening themselves and they want that to be held close to your chest. Like their secrets are their secrets. They're not harming anybody. They're not harming themselves. And they want you to, they're speaking to you in confidence. But of course, you're not going to run around and blab your mouth. right? Of course, you're going to hold that close to your chest and protect them. When I refer to lying and not telling the truth or lies of omission, I'm talking about those moments when fear comes into the picture. Fear of loss, fear of rejection, fear of consequence for doing something wrong, and knowing that you're going to pay the consequence, right? Uh, Knowing that you're doing something that someone will not like or disapprove of ultimately. Like in a relationship, you just know you're not doing the right thing, and they're not going to approve of it or they're going to reject you, or the consequence is going to be withdrawal. Or they're going to be up angry with you. There's going to be something. It's those moments where you're up against fear. You're not doing the right thing, and you're up against fear. You know you're not doing the right thing. You're up against fear. You think that you'll be disapproved of, or you're up against fear because you want to people please you. You don't want to hurt people's feelings. You don't. You don't want to Stand in your truth. You hurt people's feelings. You don't want to bother people. Like you know, that example there, how are you? I'm good. Well, I just don't want to burden you. I don't want to bother you. So there's still a fear there that comes into play. Again, I'm not talking about protecting someone's feelings, hardships, secrets that they've expressed to you in confidence. I have seen this, for example. This this is what I'm, I've seen this meme out there that says, hey, and this was the essence of the meme. I have seen you're ugly and I'm staying. So I can sit in the mud with somebody. I can hear their truth. I can see all of them and I'm staying in a relationship. That is when you get to the point of practicing telling the truth. You know, for me and my sons, again, I keep referring back to in the previous podcast to this exercise we did. where I wanted to know how I showed up. I wanted to be extremely vulnerable. I let my sons be extremely vulnerable, and they expressed to me, in truth, the great, the good, bad, and ugly of how I showed up in their life for decades, the, their life journey it, with me as their dad and how I showed up, particularly in youth sports and beyond. On the other hand, there is a time, and we, I actually did an exercise with my young daughter, and, some, and, and I asked her, like, is, is there a time and place to lie? And the only thing that came up is that there is a time and place to lie when we are protecting somebody from physical harm, or there's somebody's safety at stake, and we're up against somebody bad. We're like a stranger, and we're, you know, to lie to a stranger to protect their family, to protect others, to protect themselves. So, again, I'm not talking about that space. I'm talking about the space where we know what we're doing is not good, it's probably wrong, and we're afraid of the consequences and we're going to lie. Uh, or we're afraid of people knowing our truth, knowing who we are, knowing who we are fully. Yeah, I'm watching this show and I'm watching it with my girlfriend and we have kind of got into the show. It's, it's really cool. I love how it goes between their past, present and future with this family. But what I've noticed in the show is it's amazing to see how the little lies, the actors or the family members, the characters tell throughout the course of the story, the drama and how the consequences show up, especially the impact on relationships. Now, of course, the lies in this television show make for great drama and make for great suspense, right? And it's interesting because you can see these lies manifest and ripple and grow exponentially as they go from past to present to future and back, right? But I asked this question for us is like, how many of us want that kind of suspense and drama in our lives with the concept of lying? I mean, how many of us want that? drama and that suspense that comes from lies. Even in the show, even lies of omission where they don't, they're do not they hiding something, the characters are hiding something in the show and don't tell somebody, have the ripple effects in the relationships as the drama progresses. And ultimately, this is the key when you watch the show, ultimately all the lies eventually get exposed through a chain of like unexpected circumstances or unexpected events. And again, it's amazing to see the impact of the lies especially as the show progresses. So it's, it's interesting to see how the lie grows into larger consequences, larger than the actual potential consequence of the original lie. So normally the lie grows into something much larger, and the consequences are much larger than if the truth was told in the beginning. The consequence in the beginning, might have, there might have been a consequence, but it's much more severe when the lie grows. Now, on the far end of the spectrum, we can see how lies show up when we violate God's word and commandments, right? Remember I talked about in the podcast, are they suggestions, 10 suggestions, or are they 10 commandments? But on the far end of the spectrum, we can see how lies show up and wreck lives, like the path of destruction. Simply stated, when we lie, cheat, steal, covet, gossip, hate, and beyond, those have major impacts, that's sourced in a foundation of lies. Like, think of adultery and infidelity in the Ten Commandments. Now, I'm not preaching from righteousness here. I'm actually preaching from the consequences of failure. I'm actually not preaching. I'm just sharing, sharing a conversation with you that's coming from failure and rising from that into success. And ultimately, the failure of divorce after 27 years. And if I would, again, summarize all that, it was sourced in lies. I mean, both of us lied, and the lies wreaked havoc on the marriage. I could build a laundry list of the reasons why the marriage or we didn't work in relationship. You know, you could go down these kind of Hollywood hallmark versions of it. We weren't the right people for each other. We made mistakes. Whatever. But the bottom line, lies. Lies and the lack of telling the truth wrecked that relationship. Lies. And the lies were from the beginning, from the get-go. There were lies that existed from the very beginning of the relationship. And not necessarily lies to each other, but there were some lies that existed from the foundation. So the lack of living in truth destroyed the relationship. And that was every day, day in and day out, lack of living in truth. There was no foundation in truth. And there was definitely no foundation in God's truth. So again, if today, if you simply course corrected and started to seek God's truth, you would change the trajectory of your life, your relationships, your finances, your health, and everything beyond. If you just started to dig into God's truth. Again, I'm not being a, crypt- a hypocrite here because I have lied, I have hid, and cheated. I'm not sharing from perfection, I'm just diving into this conversation from failures. An awareness of an understanding of consequences, particularly the impact on life. The big lies and in this 27 years of marriage, there were big lies, small lies, lies of omission, and ultimately our failure to ex- seek and express the truth in every area of our lives, especially God's truth. However, how can, this is the thing I think about. When I think about training, knowledge, and experience in the realm of, of infidelity or betrayal or being portrayed, being on the receiving end of it as well, being portrayed, and looking at that, and this is, I, I've read a ton of books on surviving affairs and infidelity. I've done a, a ton of research in this area. But it just amazes me as I see all the stories I've re- read. As you read these books, you read a ton of stories. You've seen other people's experiences with it. It's just amazing how, this is the one thought that I've come up with is, how can a relationship start on a foundation of lies? I mean, if somebody's hearing this today and you're in the middle of this, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing from my heart. I'm not judging right now. I'm sharing from my heart. Maybe there's something I say today that awakens you and you can course correct your life and change the trajectory of your life. But the question I have for us is how can a relationship start on a foundation of lies? How can anything start on a foundation of lies? And in this case, the lies are like sand and and, and buildings built on a foundation of sand. We all know that buildings built on a foundation of sand will crumble and fall. They will crumble and they will fall over time. Jesus advocates that we build on a foundation of rock, like a foundation of truth, on the foundation of God's truth. I think that relationships that start with infidelity as an affair are definitely not built on the rock of truth. I mean, they're an interesting topic in contrasting relationships that thrive in truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So I have to wonder, like I have to really wonder, how can a real, raw, and true relationship start in a foundation of lies and hiding from others? It doesn't have to be infidelity and affair, right? If the beginning of someone's relationship, if if the beginning of a relationship starts on a foundation of lies and hiding, I don't think it can survive either. I think all relationships have to start on the rock of truth and the foundation of truth. I think it's comical to think that people involved in affairs, when they're involved in affairs, they think they are like star-crossed soulmates or they found the right person for them, when in essence they're hiding and lying to another human being that they allegedly loved at one point. It's even more comical to think that we can fall in love with somebody and think that that love is solid, like a soulmate kind of relationship with somebody, and this person that we think that about is somebody who hides, has no integrity, and has already shown us, they are, they've already shown us that they have the propensity to hide and lie to loved ones, to friends and family. They've showed us that propensity to lie, and we think they're going to tell the truth in our relationship. They think, We think they're going to tell the truth long-term in our allegedly amazing relationship. It's, it's chaos. It's insanity. But people do it. And it's just interesting. And that obviously is a discussion for another day as well. It's even more amazing that both the people involved in the affair believe they're getting the truth from each other. And they will never lie or betray each other. It's just amazing that they delude themselves to think they're actually getting the truth from each other. And again, if you're listening now and you have been or you're now involved in an affair, I'm not judging. I have cheated. and I have been on the receiving end of lies and betrayal. I'm just simply shining light on truth and hopefully shining light on the possibility of a major course correction in one's life. And this course correction can lead to everything you've ever wanted. Truth, joy, grace, and peace. See, stepping into the truth, stopping the lying, telling the truth, doing the work, can lead to everything that we've ever wanted. Truth, joy, grace, and peace. However, on the other side, lies and hiding will never bring us those things. Lies and hiding will never bring us truth. They'll never bring us love, joy, grace, and peace. Never. See, lies are like sand that gets into the machinery. It's the friction and the abrasion of the lies that will grind away the machinery and destroy relationships as they cut into the foundation and deteriorate whatever should have been. The, it, the sand, the lies deteriorate what it should have been a well-oiled, lubricated connections. You see, little lies lead to big leaks or major damage as they erode relationships. They erode relationships and trust, like kind of like dripping water. Little lies are like dripping water, and over time, they cause major damage. Again, I'm not judging. I've walked through the pit of betrayal and lies. I've lied as well and hid and cheated. I just hoped to encourage others to practice truth. You could do that starting today, to practice truth today. And in practicing truth the goal is to achieve exponential goal exponential growth in life and relationships and in doing so uh, doing it by being raw being real and being true see if we see the consequences of past lies or a lack of truth or lies that we're living right now the great news if we see these consequences of these lies in the past or even in the present the great news is we can course correct today we can we can do so today we can stop and modify negative behaviors. And we can start new behaviors today, grounded in truth. See, we can start to be authentic today, to stand in integrity, to be real, raw, and true. And we can be the best versions of ourselves starting today. We can build on the rock of truth. And the starting point for everything, for me, again, again, stop lying, tell the truth, do the work. But here's another thing, be in integrity 100% be in integrity. That's the frame. 100% integrity. I kind of like Jocko Wunk's extreme ownership, right? 100% accountability, 100% ownership, 100% integrity. It is, it's that for that reason that I'm advocating practicing truth and telling the truth. I mean, even God's word reveals that all things done in darkness come to light. All things done in darkness come to light. Luke 12 starts with the following. Meanwhile, when a crowd many thousands had gathered, so they were trampling on one another, Jesus began first, speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that, that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. So there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. There's nothing hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. What you have whispered in the ear of the inner rooms, Will be proclaimed from the roofs, and it continues. Luke eight seventeen, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed; nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Now, in these, God's also in this Luke eight, He's also talking about God's truth, the secrets of the kingdom. So, in other words, Jesus is saying, "Hey, you're, we're going to have the eyes to see and eyes to hear the truth and the secrets of the kingdom if, if we if we pay attention to God and Jesus Christ." we will get the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And it continues though, no one lights a lamp and hides it in a clay jar or puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who who come who come can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed, nothing concealed that will not be known and brought out into the open. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. And this is I like this whoever has will be given more so if you have responsibility you'll, if you can display that you are responsible you'll give you'll be given more responsibility whoever does not have even when they think they have it will be taken away from them so if you don't have integrity and you but you think you have integrity but you don't have integrity it's going to be taken away from you that is kind of the golden rule as well cause and effect right what we what we sow we reap we reap what we sow And then it continues, God's Word continues with, in 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Therefore judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring light to what is hidden in the darkness, and He will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive praise, their praise from God. So again, there's this essence of telling the truth, not bearing false witness, not engaging in lies, but the essence of practicing the truth, standing in the truth and telling the truth in God's word. Cuz this is ultimately where it goes. Ephesians 5:11, right? Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. See, we talk about the external and we talk about the internal. I think we have a duty as American citizens to expose the lies. And there's plenty of them right now. We have a duty to expose the deeds of darkness and the lies. But we, I think we could also go and do so for our own lives. We can look and, and search our own hearts. We can search our own minds. We can search our own lives. Every area of our life, we could search and we can expose where we're not standing in integrity. We can expose where we're not standing in truth. And then we can shift gears, we can course correct, and we can start standing in truth. See, I think we also have to seek the truth. Instead of deeds of darkness, we have to seek the truth of love and relationships. What is the truth of love in relationships? Right? I hear people, like a lot of times in TV, television programs, like make-believe actors say, oh, we fell out of love. Like you fell out of a freaking building off a building out of a tree. Like you fell out of a tree, like love's a tree, and you just fell out of it or you know, we weren't the right person for each other. I, I call, from my training knowledge and experience with relationship, I call BS on it. I call nonsense. I think love is a choice. I think love is work. I think love is service. It's like the Bible says, not to be served, but to serve. So there's an essence of service. There's an essence of holding space for another human being. There's an essence of two people being perfectly imperfect. Two people coming together and growing and healing and working together and growing in love. Growing in love, not falling in love, growing in love, right? Love is a choice. But here's the key, though. If you're in a relationship where your partner cannot consistently tell you the truth or hold space for you to tell the truth, then they're potentially not the one. Now, if you're married, there's a different discussion here. But or at least, at least if they can't consistently tell you the truth, at least significant work or counseling is needed to build a foundation of truth and real intimacy. If we cannot speak truth or stand in integrity, or we have to lie and hide in a relationship because of fear or whatever, then that person may not be the one. Or again, there has to be work done. Work has to be done. At minimum, if if people are in a relationship are going to continue to lie and hide, at minimum, the relationship will never achieve the depths of a great and truly intimate relationship. It will be surface level at best. So again, even in relationship, practice the truth. And in practicing the truth, the relationship will grow in love, respect, trust, and real, raw, true intimacy. Again, I continue with this. If, if, if someone cannot hold space for you, to tell the truth, like you have to express your feelings, you have to tell the truth, and if they can't hold space for you, or you cannot hold space for them to tell the truth, then they're probably not the right person for you. It's probably not the right relationship for you, for either person. Or the relationship needs significant work in building trust, building vulnerability, and emotional safety. If someone has to lie or hide to be in a relationship with you, let me say this one loud and clear. If someone has to lie or hide to be in relationship with you, like an affair. They're probably not the one for you. And ultimately, the truth sets us free. See, what I believe is that the right person, the right person for you will hold space for your truth. The right person will hold space for the truth, for God's truth. The right person for you will hold space for the truth, for all of you, for the truth, and for for forgiveness and for grace as well, all of it done in love, all of it done because love is a choice, it's service, the right person will hold space for the truth and your truth. It's amazing to me how many people can share the most intimate act of human experience, sex, we're going to go there, sex. I mean, they're literally becoming one flesh with somebody, chemically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, all of it. It's amazing how many people can share that intimate act and they can't live in a real raw truth. They can't live in real raw truth in the relationship. I'm just going to be real raw here. They, let's just be real raw. I know this is pretty graphic, but they can invite somebody into their body or can be in somebody's body and many people can't even be vulnerable in the truth. They can't stand in the truth. They can't be vulnerable. They can't hold space for the truth of each other or the truth of the relationship. Maybe I'm speaking to somebody today, maybe one person, several people, maybe many. Hopefully my goal here is that something I'm sharing today can change the trajectory of someone's life and ultimately a course correction into life that grows exponentially in truth, abundant blessings, and that's ultimately my wish for everybody. Now I understand that trust and vulnerability and relationship take work and they all have to be built, but telling the truth and living in truth are the starting point. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Practicing the truth and doing work, doing the work consistently every day, is the process, and it is the it is the path to intimacy and truth that we all desire. See, love is a choice, and God is love. God is the standard of love and truth. We we ultimately many of us just don't understand the truth. We don't understand ourselves or relationships, and it's and it's hard. This is a hard truth for us, for many of us, that we were shown horrible examples of relationships from TV, movies, Hollywood, Hallmark, our families. I mean, school definitely did not teach us the most important things in life, such as relationships and finances. A matter of fact, they removed God from the picture. So again, today, what I'm ultimately saying is like, where are we building our foundation? A foundation of lies is like building on a foundation of sand, or are we building on the rock of truth? The truth for us, though, for example, in Matthew 7, 13 to 14, talks about the narrow and the wide gates. You see, the narrow gate leads to life. The wide gate leads to destruction. And lies, I think, lies, lies lead to the wide gate. I think lies lead us to the wide gate to destruction. In Matthew 7, 16 to 20, it talks about our fruit. I think lies reveal one's fruit. So again in Matthew 7:16 to 20 it says, hey, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear, Good fruit. So somebody that's lying cannot bear good fruit. It can't happen. Somebody telling the truth can bear can bear good fruit. And finally, you know, Matthew 7, 24 to 27, again, Christ talks about this, right? He talks about building on the rock. So let's confirm building on the rock of truth. Therefore, everyone, this is coming again. Uh, crash. So I believe that we have to build our understanding of love and relationships on the truth, starting with God's truth. But again, there are hundreds of really solid relationship books out there. Like John Gottman's The Seven Principles of Making a Marriage Work. It tells a whole other story about marriage and relationships, right? The knowledge, the understanding, compassion, empathy, work and effort, choice, commitment, consistency, emotional safety, and beyond. And they're all required for successful and healthy relationships. A book, Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Like there's all these other books that there's so many books out there to say, Hey, you know what? I don't fully understand relationships, but I'm going to study. I'm going to do my own research and I'm going to build my understanding of what love actually is and what a relationship actually is. These books take like understanding things like love languages and how to serve each other in a covenant marriage. And they take them to a new level. So you can go beyond the transactional self-serving relationship. See, ultimately, The bottom line is we need to seek out truth. We need to practice truth. We got to hold space for truth. Just things to think about as we move into relationships. The standard is God's truth. And then remember, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So even if you simply started to study Jesus Christ, that would transform your concept of love and your concept of relationships. And this would lead to the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in every area of our lives. Our spiritual journey with God, our relationships, our finances in our homes, our environment, and our health. So take the time to reflect where truth and honesty in these areas could help us grow exponentially and achieve everything we desire in life. Take time to reflect where truth and honesty could help you achieve your needs, your must, and your wants in every area of your life. See, I believe this, if we're in a relationship, truth is the cornerstone of a building and it's the cornerstone of a relationship. Truth is the keystone or the capstone of the arch of the relationship. The truth is, it it completes and holds the arch of the relationship together. Two sides of the arch coming together, that keystone or that capstone holds it together in strength. This is what I ultimately believe that everything we desire or want in life is through the truth especially God's truth. So try out truth, practice truth. Everything we want in life is on the other side of the door of being real, raw, and true. Everything we want is through the door of truth. And like God's word says, we have to ask, seek, and knock on that door of truth. It's written and it's promised that if we ask, seek, and knock, we will receive, we will find, and the door will be open to us. The truth will be open to us. So I have a question. I mean, do you want money? Do you want more money? You have to seek truth in your finances. Do you want more love, intimacy, and sex in your relationship? Then you have to be real, raw, and tell the truth in your relationship. You have to communicate the truth about what you want. For example, more quality time, more presence, more date nights, more emotional safety, more affection. Again, maybe dive into the love languages. Uh, they, they're important here as well, but you have to stand in truth. Do you want to be healthy? You have to get to the truth in health. Like you have to get to the facts and the truth of your life. Exercise, nutrition, food, diet, and beyond. Do you want a connection with God? We have to seek the truth in Jesus Christ and in God. In God's word and through prayer and a personal relationship with God. Which also involves, just like any other relationship, involves time and presence. Here's the key. Practice truth consistently being real, raw, and true in every aspect of your life. All these things lead to exponential growth in life in every area of our lives. So as we go into next week, ask these questions. What would be possible in your life if God and Jesus Christ were the center of truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in our lives? What would be possible in our lives if we begin to practice truth, telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in our lives every day. And finally, what would be possible in our lives if we begin to practice the truth? Telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth in every area of our lives, especially our relationships, our spiritual journey, our finances, our homes, and our health. As always, my wish for you is peace and blessings and for peace, prosperity, happiness, truth, trust, love, and respect, and I pray... God blesses America. Until the next time we're together, keep rising and rise again. Continue to rise as we transform through a new of our minds. Continue to seek all things true and all things free. Continue to seek that clarity in every area of our life. Remember to find the good, find the peace, find the blessings in your life, and all the things that we're grateful for. Most importantly, all glory be to God and the way the truth and the life in Jesus Christ.